Good evening to each of you. I'm going to start by reading from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. If you want, you can follow along in your worship folder or or you can grab a Bible and open it up, dust it off, and read along. Isaiah 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoiced before you as people rejoiced at the harvest, as warriors rejoiced when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle, and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, and will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on, forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It was Christmas Eve 2003. Many come warmly dressed and hearts are filled with joy on the eve of their Savior's birth. The thoughts of beauty and wonder fill the imaginations of those gathered that night. And the people begin to sing, Silent Night, Holy Night. All is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. One, however, on this night in December questions the legitimacy of these words. As she sings the words, the words fall flat. They lack harmony. For the words on this night kind of feel contrary to, to the one experience that the loved one is, is having overseas. For that night is not silent, but it's filled with violence. There's nothing holy about the bullets and retribution as her country seeks justice. Calm is a, is a mere dream as it gives way to death and destruction. Brightness feels lost in the darkness. Heavenly peace is nowhere to be found. This really is Janelle's story on Christmas Eve 2003. This was my story on Christmas Eve 2003 as I found myself deployed in a, in a nation that was foreign, filled with violence. And I remember 
talking with Janelle over the last few days about this, about this experience, walking into a church and singing Silent Night, Holy Night, All is Calm, All is Bright. And as she began to sing those words, there was something stirring inside of her saying, there is nothing holy about this night. There is nothing holy that's happening in my world. There's nothing calm about this evening. There's nothing bright. But I feel darkness and despair. And I'll be honest, it was... Being in a, in a foreign land on Christmas Eve is not the ideal Christmas Eve. This is Janelle's story. This is my story. And my guess is if I were to sit with you, you would have a story that might look much like ours. See, I, I get that Christmas time is not always a time of joy for a lot of us. For many of us, this is a reminder that we've lost love. For many of us, this is a painful awareness that, that we no longer have spouses. That our lives have been ravaged by divorce. For some of us, we've lost children. And so the joy of Christmas is not so joyful. Some of us deal with ailments and sicknesses that tell us that, that death is really around the corner. And so again, for many of us, Christmas is not always a time of hope. It's not always filled with laughter and warm, fuzzy feelings. But in many ways, it feels like despair setting in. But the funny thing is this, is as we gather on Christmas Eve, I think we forget that that our story, in many ways, is Jesus' story. And that Jesus' story is our story. You see, Jesus understands the world that we live in today. But I think as God's people, we often forget and, and fail to recognize the world that Jesus lived in in his day. You see, I, I like to call it the Bethlehem effect. Every Christmas we sing this song, Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright, and Peace. It reminds me of the ornament hanging on my tree. If, if you look at the top of the tree underneath my Ohio State Buckeye ornament, you have the nativity. There's a yes, there's there's an ornament of the nativity on our tree. And as I as I look at that ornament, what I see is peace and tranquility. I look at this perfect dark blue sky with perfectly shaped stars that have been enough light for you to see the baby in the manger. But the funny thing is, is the manger seen on this orbit looks nothing like a deep dark cave. It really looks like this perfect picture. And so what I think we've done with the manger scene is we've turned it into a snow globe. Remember those snow globes when your kids, your grandmas and your grandparents had those, and you'd shake them up, and the snow would fall. And I, I know I was a kid, I, I'd just stare and look at the snow as it began to fall. And it was like this. It was just this perfect setting. 
I think we glorify the manger scene often, and, and we make it into this perfect setting, and we make it something that it's not. And so as I've been reading over the last few days, I've been struck with the thought of Bethlehem. Bethlehem, situated just five miles of Jerusalem, looks then like it does today. It's a war-torn countries where bullets and bombs and death are a daily occurrence. Back then it was swords and soldiers. The only difference now is that we mask our violence with words like diplomacy. But Jesus wasn't born in a snow globe or this perfect setting. You see, it wasn't a time of peace and laughter. Brutality was a necessary evil uh, Herod had to, had, to, had to do to keep his kingship. While we have pictures of peace and silence, Jesus' world quickly gave way to mass killings initiated from the insecurity of a king who knows his kingship is threatened. So as I think about Bethlehem, and this is bad with kids in here, but babies were stabbed Little kids were beheaded. Bodies were cut in half. Mothers shrilled of fear and trepidation filled the streets. And the blood of the innocent filled the city. This is what Jesus' life quickly gave way to in Bethlehem. And quickly, Jesus became, believe it or not, a refugee. So there's this tension in this brutality that to us comes this birth of beauty. We have brutality and beauty all mixed together. And so I love what Micah says 700 years earlier. He says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you were small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come me one who will be a ruler over Israel whose origins are from old and from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely. For then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. Micah gives us a wonderful picture. I love how he he labels or he he talks about Bethlehem as Ephrathah. Ephrathah actually was Bethlehem, and Bethlehem was Ephrathah. Ephrathah's future is wrapped up in Bethlehem, while Bethlehem's past is wrapped in Ephrathah. Ephrathah is the place where Rachel gave birth to Benjamin, and she died. And so Ephrathah literally means out of the ashes. I think there's a, a time where Job is sitting among the ashes, and this is really a time of sorrow. This is this is a time of of sadness. This is what ashes are a sign of. And as we come to the Lenten season, which is in a few months, you have ashes imposed on your head. And we don't do this because it's something we've always done, but we do. We put ashes on our forehead as a reminder that that we are nothing without. Christ. 
that without Jesus, we are mere dust and ash. So Micah gives us this picture of Ephrathah, this place of sorrow, which then becomes Bethlehem, the house of bread. Where the hungry are fed. Where the lost are found. It is where God greets his people in the darkness and gives them hope and light. So I get that tonight we're going to sing Silent Night, Holy Night, All is Calm, All is Bright. But, but I think Philip Brooks gives us a fair picture of Bethlehem. This is the story where beauty and brutality collide. This is where the unholy is made holy. So I love his words. He says, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Now capture this. Yet in thy dark streets. Can you see it? In thy dark streets. No hope. No light. No future. Something shines. The everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all years are need tonight. What I want you to hear is this tonight. I think often in the Christian life, many of us before we were Christians wanted to perfect our life so that way we could come to God and be perfected. I think often in the Christian life, once we say yes to Jesus, we expect all will be perfect. Somehow God will grant me a massive house with a white picket fence, two cars, and two and a half kids and a dog. <laughs> but this is not what the birth of Jesus is about. The birth of Jesus is not about the beautiful places of our life, but it's about the war-torn parts of our very being. You see, Jesus didn't come for the help you notice. He came for the sick. And so tonight, what I want you to hear is that that Jesus didn't come for your perfectedness, but he came for your brokenness. Jesus finds himself in the midst of our humanity-driven conflicts. Jesus knows about the beautiful and the brutal. And so tonight, I get that for some of you, Christmas time does not bring the joy that a snowboat does when you peer into it. And I want you to know, this is why Jesus came. Was to meet you where you are. Pleased with man to dwell. I love that language. This is not a far off, distant God who doesn't relate to you, who doesn't know you, who doesn't understand your situation, that you're poor, that you have no money, that you're sick, that you feel like you're dying. This is a God who knows what death looks like. He experiences death himself. And then he is raised to new life. Enjoy this tonight. That God finds the darkest parts of our life and makes them new. He makes them whole. So in our time, refugees flee from war-torn countries. Where mass slangs by a single gunman 
killed tons of people. Our politicians promised some utopia kind of world. I want you to know that, that Jesus gets it. Jesus understands it. And he has come for that very reason. To give each of us hope. This is my hope for you tonight. So as you shake your snow globes at home tonight, as you peer at the major scenes on your Christmas trees, on your ornaments underneath your Buckeye ornaments, please know that, that God didn't come into a perfect world. He came into a broken world to heal broken people.